Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right, so um, first of all, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've got two jobs at the moment, really. Um, I uh, work as an innovation um, mentor at Brunel University, but on the flip side, I'm also, I've just gone back to university um, to study business intelligence and MSc in business intelligence. Um, the reason that I've done that after spending about sort of 15 years in uh, marketing is I started to realise I um, had quite a varied career, but it, I, I can now make sense of it if that, you know, it didn't make sense when I originally started. Um, my first job, my first first business that I started was a magazine when I was at university. My main demands for that at that time was I wanted to go to gigs for free, I wanted sweets and I wanted cheap clothes. So we went out and we sold advertising space and we made that happen. Um, then I went and worked at UBS uh, around the corner in finance because I thought, well, that would be where all the money is. Um, but it was really elitist. Uh, it was very male. Um, and I, I really wasn't that interested in, in just making money for money's sake. But I was really interested in the marketing department. Um, and I was interested in, in what their fundamental thing that they were doing, which was getting people to do something that they hadn't done before, triggering people's behaviour, um, which led me to go and work for a guerrilla marketing company where I learned probably the best piece of advice I ever had, which was just say yes to a piece of business and we'll work out how we'll make it happen. Um, and although that led to some quite chaotic uh, moments and lots of grey hairs, it did um, help me to realise that if you're brave and you back yourself and you put yourself out there, it's amazing how much further that you'll, you'll go and also it's really important that the failures are probably the most important lessons that you're ever going to have we talk about sometimes um, in, in, in my agency that uh, it's like a fertiliser a good business has to grow in like a really strong fertiliser and one of the most potent things you can have in there is, is the um, lessons that you'll learn from failures like making uh, shoes and not really working out whether the quality control is going to be there so um, I then went and worked for a couple of uh, me. Uh, comms agencies, ad agencies, and then um, set up my own business because I realised that I was making a lot of money for other people and I wasn't getting that value. Um, and and, and that, that fired me up and I thought, well, we're going to go out, we're going to do this. So we set up a business, uh, myself and my founder, who sadly left after three months, so that was a, a failure for me to learn by. Um, but what we did was we set up a global business where we looked at consumers and we thought about them not as demographics, but we thought about 
about them as what they were interested in. And we went out there, we sold to people like Coca-Cola, Converse, um, small little businesses as well that were fledgling companies. And we worked on helping them to, to connect with consumers around their passion points. So people that were into house music, we took Coca-Cola to Ibiza, we ran a, a mentoring scheme for them with some of the top DJs in the world. And it was all really fast and it was furious, but I was getting really frustrated with being the CEO because as I'm sure you'll agree, when you're the CEO, all the problems come to you and sometimes the exciting, the new stuff is what your employees do. And I was starting to feel like I was lagging behind and at that time I had a client um, called Ray-Ban and uh, they said, will you come and work for our media agency? We need someone who's got your business and your understanding of what we're trying to do. And I thought, well, OMD, biggest media agency in the world, that'll be amazing. Big chips back, you know, we'll, we'll be able to, to do some great stuff. But what I learned when I was there, getting to the point of it, I will always use 50 words instead of five, was that um, they didn't understand the information that they had and they weren't asking the right questions. And that's what I realised with, and that's why I've gone back to university, is I want to, I, I know the questions that I want to ask, but I don't know how to find the answers. So I'm studying uh, business intelligence to understand how to, uh, what questions, but most importantly, where to find that information. So I've been asked to talk to you about turning users into consumers. Um, and for me, that's kind of turning startups into upstarts. Um, you know, we, what, what my state of mind is, I, I want you to start thinking about um, as you grow, you know, you should always be anticipating, your ambition should guide you, and that should be as far as you, you know, you should plan for the ambition, and you may end up sort of halfway. So, I just put working girl up, because, um, well, 80s kids and, and whatnot, but I just, I learnt so much from watching that. I thought it was going to be, that was how life was going to be, you know, she's really badass, she doesn't, you know, the boys are an accessory to what she's doing. She lives in New York, which I loved doing, I did it for a short space of time and it, and, it, and it was fantastic um, but she was also really good at picking up disparate pieces of information and using those to make uh, her, her business idea better so you know she reads the Financial Times or, or the Wall Street Journal but at the same time she's reading page six the gossip column to find out how things are changing business and uh, it was probably the worst thing I ever said in an interview when I said I wanted to be uh, the girl out of working girl but you know head for business body for sin but but you know I, I do genuinely believe that you know you've, you've got to you've got to really you don't know where the information is going to come from and it's all about going out meeting people having conversations and they can seem as disparate as possible but you'll you'll find gleams of, uh, of pearls of knowledge in there so here we are talking to you about what we're going to talk about. So my, this is the scenario we're going to go through. You've got a user base, okay? And it's like a big disco. Um, you've, got, you've created your own social party. People are sharing things. I'm dropping pens. Uh, they're liking and they're getting involved. They're enjoying the vibe. They really like, you know, what you're doing. The problem is you're a business. You're not a hobby, as we've already said. You, uh, you need them to convert. You need them to become consumers. Now, there are four main people within this group. We've got personas, but within those, you've got four different types of people. You've got people that are going to buy, 
Okay? You've got people that are never going to buy from you. There are people that you're going to turn off by talking to them. And then there are people that you can convince to buy. So when you're thinking about investing money in uh, communicating with these people, or in, and that could be money, it could be actual hard cash and buying your media, or it could be time and effort. These are the people you want to focus your time on. Okay, You want to be focusing as much money on these people, but you also want to be really mindful that you don't want to turn these people off. Okay, Because these people, once they've gone and they They've left your user group and you've irritated them and they're like, I'm not interested in you. I am out of this brand. It's really, really hard and really expensive to, uh, to bring them back. So the galaxy. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying here is basically out there are a number of uh, questions because that's quite difficult. You know, when you're sat there looking at your, uh, your followers or etc., and you're thinking, well, who's, who's each of those? You know, how do I know? Um, and, and there is a galaxy of data. Obviously, I'm going to talk about data of, of, of answers. You just need to really work out um, and future-proof your business where those answers are going to come from. So the questions that you're going to be asking yourself as a business are things like when's my off season you know if you're um, if you're an event based so the two main sort of types of businesses you're either subscription based or you're event based so either I'm going to buy into you and I'm going to give you money on a regular basis like Netflix as we mentioned or it's event based it could be I'm going to buy your product and then I might come back again and you have to kind of get me to buy it again, right? So when's my off season, you know? Perhaps I'm not interested in uh, healthy, holistic tan products in the winter because I've got my legs nice and hairy by then. Um, or it could be, you know, and you want to think about what good behaviour uh, you want to reward, right? And that's really important. It took me a long time to learn that you should be rewarding good behaviour. So don't give yourself cheap, okay? So, you know, you want to be saying, thanks very much for coming to shop with me here's 5% off or here's an extra added bonus don't, don't give that out before I've even come to your party um, and then you want, to th- you want to know about where you're making the most money and can we make more that way so if you're finding for example Instagram is really pushing through um, shopping and you're making money out of commission with the people that you're featuring great can you do more of that is this the same group that you can do and these are the questions that you should be asking yourself as a business how often are people going to buy you know if I'm a body scrub, am I going to buy it once a month, three times a year? What, what is that going to be? And then I can then start to build my financial model on that. Um, who are my active promoters? So who are the people who are retweeting me or, or sharing me or actually just generally sitting around and going, I've tried this new um, body oil or whatever. It's really nice. It's amazing. You should buy it. Um, or it could be that they're, they're posting reviews on Amazon. Yeah. They are active promoters. Um, and then everybody likes to work in... in it, it's a lonely business, running a, a business. Um, you have to, as I said, you have to back yourself. But you also have to convince yourself that you're right a lot of the time. Um, you've got to trust your gut, as Scandal would say. But, you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to make sure that you're making the most valuable relationships possible for your business. Now, that's not to say that you just dismiss everybody else, but focus on the ones that are really helping you to, um, to make more money. So if you've got all these questions in your mind, you've got to make sure that you're picking up that information. Okay, so when we're thinking about how to turn users into consumers, you want to be thinking about, this is, this is what I learned in data class actually this week, which is you create like a fact table and this should be measurements. And you, you want to think about where all that information is going to come from. You know, what do I want to measure? 
do and what questions do I want to answer? What do I need to know in order to make sure I can make informed decisions when I start to invest money? And remember that don't know um, costs you money. You know, it's very easy to say, oh, I don't like uh, making websites or I, I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But every time you you reaffirm in yourself that you don't know something, it means you're going to have to pay someone else to do it. And that's money that's out of your wallet. Um, so the sooner you know it, the cheaper the lesson will be. Um, because you want to be able to build, for example, my example is a website. You want to be able to, to understand how to do that at the beginning. Because otherwise, you're always going to give uh, people money. And as you get more successful, you're going to be spending more and more. And remember that the best price is zero, and just negotiate up from there, okay? So we, business, we said, like, you need to be making money or other it's a hobby. But the definition is it can be goods or services as well. So there may be a barter there. But just remember that if people are doing things for what they think of as free, you're going to be right on the bottom of their priority list. This is what um, most agencies will, 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 um, will ha adhere to. This is their, kind of their doctrine. So you've got... Your brand, okay? So this is what we were talking about earlier on in terms of get that right. Now, a brand as a fundamental is um, what a person has in their mind when they hear your name. And, that could, and as we say, that could be your behavior. You know, it's, it's just basically what they think about, okay? And then obviously you've got, um, you've got your mind, so this is, uh, this, is more, this is more functional. So this is, you fall in love with a brand, okay? You build like a, a relationship with them, but you actually buy based upon the functional benefits of that product. They'll be the things that will tip you from, from liking something to buying it. So awareness is, I know what that brand is. Hmm. And, and we, we, I, I think someone's... Sort of, for me, I always have to take it down to sort of boys, girls, relationships. Like, this is, I noticed you about, okay? This is, hmm, yeah, could be, could be. And as you funnel down, it's like, yeah, yeah, well, he likes football, I like football, or whatever. And you're building up these reasons why you're going you're gonna to be together or you're going to buy that. Um, and then after that... I feel like there's another bit, which is the loyalty and the advocacy. And this is where social really comes in. This is when people say, I totally buy into your brand. And actually, you're kind of part of me. I'm part of your gang. So that's what everyone's sort of had. And they've all been really happy with that. And the other thing about this funnel is it's been really assumed that like, once you're in... You go dung, 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 and you fall through. But it's not. It's actually a set of filters, okay? So when you think back to what I was saying about the four different types of people in your, um, in your user group, what you're doing is pe those people that, um, that uh, are alienated by you or don't buy, they sort of filter out as you go down that, okay? So it's not, if, I, if they know me, they'll buy me. It's not at all. That's just the start. But we're now in a world where, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not that simple or uh, it's slightly more complicated. You know, we're in the world of Tinder. I, can, I don't have to swipe left or right. In fact, I can actually leave the shop, you know. I mean, when we all do it. I know you do because I've, I've, uh, I've looked at it when, when we worked with ASOS. The amount of people who go, duh, 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 buy things all online and then they go actually, I'm not buying any of that. And they leave the store, you know. I may do that in TK Maxx, but there are very sm uh, small amount of shops where I literally go, nah, not having it. So actually what we've started to move to is this infinite loop. So 
this is kind of your so where we talked about brand awareness at the beginning um, this is this is me knowing about your brand but maybe not being in the market so right now I think the two big flags would be VW and Samsung so um, both of them I'm not in the market to buy a phone I'm not in the market to buy a car but I do know <coughs> that if I were in the market for either of those at the moment because of what I've heard about you know shady testing etc or blowing up planes not yet I probably wouldn't choose those. So, you know, even though I'm not in this active consideration, I'm making decisions. So then this paid consideration is where I'm going to take you on to the next slide so I can explain it a little bit more. I mean, this is kind of made for um, bigger businesses, people that have got quite a big uh, chip stack at the moment. But the fact is it's, it's all relevant to what you're doing. It's just your channels might be slightly different. So here we are with paid consideration. We're trying to choose emotional content. This is where I'm trying to make you love me. So I want to get you into that consideration set. So we're thinking like boys or whatever, or that's sadly how I think. You know, it's like, well, well, who am I considering I might hang out with this evening? So you'd be looking at these kind of um, places. So it's cinema, it's out of home, it's the, it's the big TV ads, it's, it's building those relationships with celebrities like we talked about earlier on. Um, it might be search, you know. I'm just popping up where you're starting to search for, I don't know, place to go this evening. Um, it might be uh, events, you know, you've gone to concert at Hyde Park and I just happen to be uh, Bacardi in the corner doing the best mojitos, which might then lend to, lead to you buying a Bacardi bottle for home. And you've got more sort of rational content. So for me, this would be like, this is an out of home, like um, Old Street Roundabout. So that's a big high vantage point. But then I might want to talk to you, at, um, I might want to connect with you um, at an out of home in a supermarket because I'm really close to purchase. And it's a slightly different conversation that I'm going to have with you here. Here I'm like, hiya, know who I am? Here I'm saying, uh, this is what I can do for you. So it's a slightly different conversation that you're going as you go down that filter. But just remember, people can fly off at any point. Um, and then you get to this point where we're really at the nitty-gritty. And this is where we start to... If you're online, I'm probably going to start... If, for example, you're buying a new laptop, I'm going to start um, talking to you at price comparison sites. Um, I'm going um, I'm, I'm to think about my in-store experience. So what can my employees do to really um, make you commit to buying? me? Can I incentivize them to buy a Dell as opposed to an Apple? And this bit is really important, the advocacy. So this is like where we say you, you, you start to really belong to the brand. But a really important thing is you need to switch off. You need to stop at that point telling people about how great the next deal is because they've already bought you. So always remember that these people need to be slightly uh, spoken to slightly differently. That plan is exactly the same sort of plan that I would give to Google when we're planning their work for their um, <clears throat> campaigns for them. But it's still 100% relevant to what we're doing, uh, you know, what we're talking about now. So um, Airbnb storyboard absolutely everything, okay? They, um, they, they look at what they're trying to do um, and then they, they find out what their role and that, they, um, that they have within uh, that conversation or that moment within you. Um, and then what we then do is we then storyboard that and we look at every single point where I might be talking to that consumer. And then we work out, can we, can we make that more interesting? So this is something that we did for ASOS. And one of the things that we pulled out was, well, how can we get people to celebrate their deliveries? 
you know? And you see that, you know, people will send out on Facebook or Twitter, like, woohoo, I've got my, my ASOS delivery. So it's finding those little moments where you can really, um, you can really build some cut through. The last thing I'd say is, like, if you're going to be a sustainable, and we expect you all to be a sustainable and successful brand, you need to balance sort of short-term and long-term sales objectives. So your brand, so this is the falling in love, you're looking to increase your market share and the size of that market. That's what, big, that's what brands are trying to do. And they're doing that with... Um, well, some of the indicators you'll have will be like how many people are coming to your store, you know, um, how, how many people are liking and sharing. But at the same time, you're trying to make people buy at that very short-term moment. And you'll be tracking that on how much value of your, um, of your basket, whether they're registering on your website. And you, you want to make sure that you're always thinking about how big the brand is, and, but then also how, how, uh, how big the transaction rate is. Um, and then I would say, finally, um, don't be mean. Like, you know, be, be smart and be, uh, be open with each other as much as you possibly can. As I said, it's quite a lonely space uh, running your own business. And the more you can kind of collaborate and talk and feel like you're in um, safe environments to do that, the better. So there you go. Work. Lovely to meet you. I'm so super excited to hear all about your businesses. First, I want to tell you a little bit about um, about me. So I um, set up my first business straight out of university um, called Rightster, which is an online video distribution company. So I've always been in business to business. Um, uh, organizations where I had rights holders like Fashion Weeks or sports clubs who wanted to get their content to the Daily Mail and the New York Times. And so we built a technology that would um, both put the video there, make sure it had the right advert, and um, we monetized that. And I built that business up to 250 people. I took it public in 2011, and I had 12 um, offices in 11 countries. And Last year, I acquired four other businesses. One of those businesses, you're going to love this part of the story. Everyone's like, yeah, she was doing so well. She's doing so well. One of those businesses was a full management team of eight men. And I sat at a board table in May last year, and I left the company because they decided that they were going to take the business in a different direction, and they convinced the board. And as a public company, me and my co-founder left. So... I've definitely had my ups and um, quite a hideous down, to be fair. And so I spend time with founders, I, men and women, but I much prefer working with women. Um, and I try and help them with what their ideas are. I now have a new business, which is actually in data science. I'm not going to bore you with that, but if anyone's interested in artificial intelligence, I'm your girl today. Um, but when people are asking me about their business, they... Um, they all, I, I get very specific questions, like Sharma was talking about these arguments she hears, like how should I price, or um, what um, what actual business model should it be a subscription business model, or should it be pay as you you know pay as you go? All of these questions, and I, there's so much noise, and I don't know the answer, like I really don't, and, and no one knows the answer. The only people who know the answer is your customers and these personas. So um, I want to talk about what is a persona because. They are the key to ending these arguments that Sharma discussed. They're the key to making every decision in your business. Who are your customers? So what is a persona? It's the voice of the customer. It's 
generally an imaginary person, but as um, Sharma was saying earlier, she found real people on Instagram who embodied this. So real world information and real world data on them, but imaginary person that you have you have um, created. And it's a tool for understanding what their wants are and their needs. And then at that vehicle for you to explain to your actual audience of people who are going to buy what you're selling. These are some examples that I like. Um, what I think is quite exciting is once you have your persona, making sure that you tell the story well. And as Sharma said this morning, it's telling your team internally. It's making sure that um, when you uh, onboard new people, they know and they have, and most companies put them up in, um, in you know, all over the office so that everyone knows who you're selling to. And we spoke earlier in a session, um, in my session about like what, how are you, how are you going to, um, who is, sorry, who is the person that you're, that you're selling to? And are they going to like what you want? And you can come and you can say to um, this guy here, doesn't have a name, Tim. You can ask Tim what he likes and where he, where he shops. And it, this it isn't about demographics. So, so I remember so well, um, three years ago, I, uh, I had a UX and design company come and talk to me and they asked who our demographics were. And I was like, really? You want to know, like, 18 to 25? Or for me, it was 30 to 55-year-old men who bought um, uh, online video tech solutions. So I was selling to CIOs. And actually, what I learned really, really early on was it didn't matter that they were the CIO. It didn't matter that they, ha- that they um, were white, male, and usually about 50. What mattered is that all of them wanted to get home earlier to see their kids. So my job was to build a piece of technology that could get them home earlier rather than a piece of technology that would suit a 50-year-old white man. That, didn't, that wasn't, like, the point. And I think um, that's what your job today is, is to get yourself into a situation where I'm going to show you these boards. can take it to the next level, but for today, what we're going to do is we're going to build them up from a more technical standpoint with just the information that you need. And in your classrooms, you'll all get a sheet with boxes like this with just enough space to write a few words. So in your notepads, you can write more. And you'll talk a little bit about facts because you're going to want to give someone a name. And if, you, if, you, if it's relevant, give them an age bracket. If it's relevant, give them a gender. In many cases, it's not actually relevant. Um, and what do they actually care about? This is, the, this is my favorite box. I'm going to say that about all the boxes, so excuse me. This is a great box. Um, what do they care about? So for me, as I said, it was the guy who wanted to get home uh, and see his kids earlier. Is it their friends? Is it their family? Is it being on time? Is it health? Do they care about being known by other people? Do they care about sustainability? What are the things that gets them out of bed every day? Then their vibe and their style. I think um, this is... I've never seen so many awesome business proposals as I saw seeing your applications. Everyone has got a great vibe and a great style, and it's so important to make sure that that's um, front and center of the actual audience. And we spoke earlier in the workshop about, is it your style? Is it the business's style? Is it? And for me personally, I think it's got to be about those five girls or those five guys. Their persona, that is your, you know, that is your style. 
And are they old school? Are they trendy? Are they traditional? However you want to describe it, those are, those are the, um, uh, the, the things that you will then embody. What are their pain points? So are they overworked, worried about exams, worried about getting a job? All of those um, niggly things, you might not even be solving them. So you might be um, solving for other problems that they have. So someone might have... Um, uh, they might have a... Uh, I can only think of business, my business ideas, and they're so completely different to all of your guys. Um, someone might have a problem, which is they, they can't um, stay at work for long enough because they need to go and pick up their kids from school. Now, that's, their, that's the pain point that you've gone and you're going to try and solve with the, uh, having a crash at Huckle Tree. But what are the other pain points? They're tired, they don't speak, they don't speak to other mums anymore. All of those other pain points are going to help you build what, in addition, is your actual, your actual brand. So um, thinking and asking them what are your pain points will unlock what you should actually be offering them. Their life goals. So this is um, another really exciting one because it will help your product development. Where do your um, five personas uh, want to get to? And how can you help them get there? So they want to be on the front page of Vogue magazine or do they want to be on the front page of Wired? Do they want to never be seen um, and they are researchers in a university? What, what are their, their life goals? Is it a you know, Nobel Prize? Um, is it just to generally be a little bit happier? Um, the, the life goals, I think you'll find yourself um, getting quite attached to where they want to get to um, and that's how you can drive your business. What are their influences. Um, who makes the decision to buy what they're going to buy? Are they, um, you know, young, young children might be, your, um, might be your user persona, but actually the decision to buy is their mother. Um, I work with a virtual assistant company and a lot of the time it's the um, CFO who tells the CEO, mate, it's time, you know, to get a virtual assistant. And so the buyer is actually um, somebody else than your persona. Who makes the recommendation to them might be people on social media. You might buy those awesome pitta chips because you saw them in an Instagram post from um, Future Girl Core. So is it your peers? Is it people from school? Is it people from, um, from work? Who, who gets them to, to do something? Who affects their purchasing? Who's affected by them purchasing it? So your... Um, persona might buy um, a sex toy and who's benefits from that the, the your partner so you want to think about who are all the different people who are going to um, actually either benefit or, or in some cases potentially not benefit from them buying your product so we're going to spend a little bit of time doing that and what I'm hoping you then are able to do is go home and or to the office and spend your time developing and fleshing that out and as Sharma said find people and women like that online or men and then what you're able to do is unlock a few certain things so the first is defining your product um, and additional services you might offer so user personas are traditionally used in UX and design work so that you can come up with user stories so I am um, I'm Tabitha, and I need a way to drop my kids off um, out of school in order to... And you can see how a user story would work. So this will be a really good space if you have or you haven't built your product yet to work with designers and developers to do so. So 
The next piece is about pricing and billing. So you can look back and you can say, I believe, so I have a hypothesis that someone will pay £10 a month for, for, for my um, uh, subscription to the pitta chips. You need to go and you need to ask those personas, would that girl actually pay £10 a month for a subscription of pitta chips? No one needs a subscription of pitta chips. The reason they probably, sorry, might do, the reason they probably like the pitta chips is because they like test, t- tasting new things. And so you probably need to price them on a per pitta chip bag basis. That was a really bad example. And lastly, you've then got how do you market do PR, build your website, make referral plans. How do you do your sales activity to reach those people? It's quite a little bit more self-explanatory. But what you're able to do is test with them. And I know that, um, I'm not going to remember her name, but there's an awesome girl here who's coming after I've introduced these two, who are, um, is talking about how you can then reach those people on Facebook and Instagram. So your personas, your five personas, can extend into... Maybe a million people are Tims, and, uh, and, uh, and 20 million people are Sharmas, and there are a thousand um, Kates out there. And then you can go and reach them and convert them into being buyers of your product. Because I loved um, earlier, you're not in business until someone's buying what you have. Work. So basically, for those of you that don't know, Semen is a online content and e-commerce platform centered around weekly influential tastemakers. Um, and user profiling is, is super important for us, and it actually was kind of the reason that we started the business. So um, I have a co-founder who's actually not here today because we have another shoot. Um, but the reason we started Semen is because both her and I are, I guess, modern millennial women. And we really saw that there was a gap. You know, we, I'm here to kind of talk about content and, and yeah, I think what is important to say like why we were doing it and why we wanted to create content. So there are so many different media platforms out there right now and online magazines and, you know, most of them are amazing, but we felt that there was a huge opportunity to speak in a new way to our audience. Like this was an audience that was not necessarily just interested in like 10 ways to get thin or like 10 ways to get laid. Like it was someone that, you know, really, really wanted to be engaged and be inspired and be informed. So that was the kind of start of Semen. And as you'll see at the bottom, and if you go to our site, you click stories and you have all of our different profiles of people. And every single week we highlight someone who is super different. So it can be anyone from like Rohan Silver, who started Second Home, who can teach you about what it means to be an entrepreneur and how to think optimistically, to... Jemima Kirk, who is like the most incredible person in the world. She's, you know, an actress, a mother, an artist. And and basically what was important for us is to really understand like why we were doing it and why the user was important and why we wanted them to engage with our content. So um, as we were kind of talking about before, it was, you know, really identifying identifying the user and being very human about it. So almost like giving them a personality. So at Semen, we came up with Sophie. 
And it's really important to kind of like, before you think about the kind of content or the story or whatever you're going to make, you need to think about who you're talking to. So at Semen, we had Sophie and we were like, you know, Sophie's this modern millennial woman and she's kind of over the sites that are on right now. And she really wants meaning behind what she does. She wants to be informed. She wants to be engaged and And she also wants to shop, and she wants to shop products that are not just on the high street or not at net, but, you know, products that have a meaning or a story or that are kind of, I guess, that she can discover. So that's kind of how Semen was born. And then we were thinking about, you know, why are we creating content and what is the relationship between us and our user? So... I think the two things to think about when you're producing your own content is, you know, what and why. So it's like, what are you producing and then why you, you know, what is the reason behind it? And also, which I think is so important that so many people forget or like don't think about, is how you want people to consume your content. Because I think we, we're in such a... I guess a cluttered landscape and everyone's like, you know, there are like 19 million ways to talk to your user and you can like talk to them on Snapchat and Instagram and it's bite size and it's long form and it's video and it's audio. And it's like, I think what is important to really, to understand kind of, yeah, like how you want people to consume it. And it's also, you know, the way that we see it, which is a bit random, is like a relationship. Like if you think about the relationship you have with someone like Netflix, it's kind of like your boyfriend. Like you like binge for like nine hours, lying in bed, usually hungover. And so so I can kind of walk you through the site. So we have every single week, well, most weeks, we have a film. And the film is really there to like draw the person in. So it's there to inform, engage. It's usually quite ironic, a bit witty. And then we have a long-form written profile about the tastemaker. And again, like when you're thinking about what content, like we produce this because we hope it will inspire people. And, you know, thinking about our Sophie, our user, and how she's going to really engage with it. So, you know, we see Sophie reading this when she has time. So it's, is she commuting or is she at work? And she kind of wants like, you know, she's on her lunch break and she actually wants to have a laid back experience. Like, you know, why are we creating it? What, how do we want her to read it? And then you kind of... I can not have to show you the entire site, but you keep going down and there's different modules of content. So right here we have a get the look section, which is kind of used to create context around our shopping experience. But as well as the site, you know, we're, we're a digital platform and we have different social accounts. And I think that's something that's really important too, is to think about your content and how it lives on all your different platforms. So for us, our site is kind of like our... I guess like our home it's like our hub where people come and they can spend a long time like you know we actually have a lot of our users spending four to five minutes on our site which is a long time so for us we can really think about that when we're creating our content and it's like if we have someone's attention for four minutes like what how do we want them to feel do we want them to be engaged or to learn something or do they want to come because you know they just want to be entertained And then also when you're thinking of social, you know, think about the way that in your relationship, the way that you engage with someone on social media. So if it's Instagram, for instance, you're probably the first thing they see when they wake up, like half an eye, like, and also, you know, it's like the quick fix. It's, it's, yeah, I won't say what it's like. And also it's like, you know, the last thing you look at before bed. So 
think about the content that you're producing and how you want people to engage with you on that. So, you know, maybe for us, for example, we're a lot more kind of inspiring and informative on our site, but on our social media we're a lot kind of more throwaway, it's kind of funny, it's a bit ironic, it's, it's almost like a quick fix of cement. And then I think what is also really important is to think about your tribe and your club. And I think with content, and I guess with brands, like when you're creating something, you need to, you need to know who you're for, but you also need to have an opinion and know who you're not for. Like someone, I think it was at a conference once said, you know, if 80% of the people are kind of like, you know, don't like you or a bit shocked by you, how do you expect the 20% of the people to become like your loyal fan? And if you think about brands that have done really well, you know, like WAH or even brands like Supreme, like what is so amazing is everything they do, everything they produce, whether it's like a, a piece of clothing or a piece of content or a message or communication is for their dedicated user. And I think that's, you know, that's super important. Like if you're for everyone, you're kind of for no one. So I think it's really important to, especially when you're making content or you're kind of like curating your own communication or message, it's about being like, you know, we're like this and we're for you and we're not for others. Work. 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 Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. 
it'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.